The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Oh my God, this episode is jam-packed. Last week, you might have seen that I was on this Dubai trip and there was an iconic Beyonce performance. Now, a lot of people are curious about just influencer trips, this trip in particular. There was a lot of conversation of this Tarte cosmetic trip last week that a lot of influencers were on. So whether it's this trip, whether it's any event, or it's this specific Dubai scenario, what we're going to do in this episode is we are going to rip down the fourth wall. We are going to rip the curtains open, and we are going to talk all things behind the scenes. The numbers, the dollars, the cents, the 101 questions that the curious Canadian asks. We also have Blake Horseman that is going to come on. He's going to talk a little bit about how he was connected to this trip. And with Blake Horseman, stay tuned because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a full recap with him and Heather McDonald all on one episode. That one's jammed. But David Arduin, the Curious Canadian, asked me all the questions that he had as I was there. If you listen to anything in this podcast, anything, I need you to make sure you listen to the end of this podcast where I have my brother come on. He gives his perspective on Dubai. He gives his perspective as a gay man who's extremely active in gay rights and his take on traveling to Dubai, where they have cultural rights completely holding humanity back. He talks about the ROI, marketing perspective from a marketing executive I never thought. And he'll give you trading secrets that you can take away today as you're building yourself and your brand. So this is an episode that I would strongly suggest listen to the whole thing. But even if you do find yourself getting a little bored or your workout's going to end early or you only have a certain amount of time, definitely skip to the recap. This is an episode you can't afford to miss. You're going to also hear from some people from the Money Mafia. Our listeners, you guys are the Money Mafia. There is a Money Mafia Trading Secrets All Access Group. If you're interested, shoot me an email, tradingsecrets at jasontardic.com. They were all there live while we did the podcast, and they allowed us to either read their questions off, or some of them even come on to ask the questions. So, This is a jam, jam packed episode. We're going to ring in the opening bell quickly with Blake Horseman's story and how his experience ties to the Dubai trip. And then we are going to get into the Curious Canadians questions. And then we're going to have a recap like no other with my brother, Stephen Tardik. That you cannot miss. Let's ring in the opening bell to the Dubai trip recap with the one and only Blake Horseman. And of course, the Curious Canadian. Dubai. So Blake calls me out of nowhere. He's like, hey man, do you want to go to this event that is a paid opportunity for me in Beaver Creek? I'll, if you want to share the brand, uh, Blake, I'll let you share that brand. I don't want to, you know, put that out there. That's your business. And I was like, actually, man, I'm going to be in Dubai that week. I think, I think I'm going to go. There's a lot of question marks about this trip. Is this Firefest 2.0 or if it's real? I don't know. But if it's legit, I'm going to go to Dubai. And Blake was like, oh shit, I forgot about this. G got an email about Dubai and we didn't even respond. So me talking to you, like hit that like light in your head your switch went off and you actually went through the process of talking to them. And we're offered the opportunity to come on Dubai. So tell me a little bit about what that process was and what happened. Yeah, exactly. Like Jason said, we were on the phone and he mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, I think G got a got an email about that. And we looked and it was, I think, I want to say it was like mid-December maybe. Um, I don't really remember exactly when, but we honestly to God thought it was a scam. We were like, this is too good to be true. We get a lot of weird emails all the time. And I was like, this has got to be a scam. And then when Jason said he was going, I was like, oh, it's not a scam. Like if other people are also, and then you mentioned a couple other people that have been invited. I was like, oh, this isn't a scam. I was like, gee, like email them now. Like, this is amazing. This would be so cool. And so we, yeah, we emailed them. We went back and forth, just kind of being like, is this real? Like what is happening? So I was like, you know, it's like, this is a lot. So we went through the process and I want to say, I can't remember exactly, it was like maybe like a week, seven, eight days before, maybe even 10. They were like, okay, awesome. We got you. Um, send us all your info, your you know, freaking flyer number, all of that stuff. So we did. 
And we didn't hear an email back for like two days. We were like, hmm, that's strange. And then all of a sudden we get an email. It was like, hey, I'm sorry. Guest list is full. And I was like, no way. You know, I was like, I think so. I guess the point is, I don't know if they were telling the truth that we really did wait a little too long to email them to get back to them. Or it was just one of those things where they were like, I don't... I don't know if they're right for this. You know, I don't know if they have the right audience. I don't know if they have the right demo, any of that. I don't know if they looked and they were like, yeah, it's just, let's bump them for like Kendall Jenner or, you know, somebody else who's like Matt, you know, whatever it is. So I don't know. And this happens, Jay, you can, you can talk to this too. This happens a lot. There are a lot of things that fall through business opportunities, trips, whatever it is, they'll, they'll often pull out. So I, I don't know if I'll ever know the answer, but of course they were like, listen, we can have you back in March. Like we'd love to have you back in March, but we'll see, you know, now I'm like, It's very, very peculiar how these things work. And, you know, there's a question in the group here, like, who is we? It was a PR firm that sent it. They're in charge of a big marketing title splash to create here. And and that's interesting. And And I did when I was there, I heard that had happened a little bit. And the tough part about it is exactly what you said. You're always wondering just like, why? What exactly was it? Was it that was too late or not? And this happens in our world with brand deals all the time. Like a company will bring you right to the finish line. Line, and then all of a sudden it's gone. You're just like, what happened? Like, where, where, did, where did it go? And then you'll, you know, you'll go on your Instagram and all of a sudden it's like your buddy's doing the deal. And you're like, oh shit. Like it's a crazy world like that. So you were, you were fourth in inches, you were going to go. And then I think one of the tough parts is you actually, that opportunity you originally called me for fell through because of it. Right. Yeah. So they, they were lucky enough. They did reschedule us, but yeah, so I actually, so it was, <laughs> I, we were angry. Cause I, I was like, Oh, it's during the week of the Beaver Creek. Like I canceled that G went and bought red carpet outfits. Wow. Like it was like a full blown, like go, you know? And, and we kind of sent a little bit of a, you know, not a nasty email. We sent an email that was like, come on now. Like I've already canceled another, you know, trip. We've spent money on carpets, you know, red carpet outfits. And they were still like, I'm sorry, it's full. So, but I was able to reschedule it and I'm going the week weekend later to Beaver Creek. So at least I'm happy. All right, good. So the deal got rebooked and you have that opportunity to go to Dubai in March. Definitely follow up with them and definitely go. We're going to talk all about. Yeah, it looks looks pretty incredible. I'm going to talk about that email that came in. I'm going to talk about the details of that. So everyone stay tuned. All those questions will be answered. David, before we let Blake go, do you have any questions for Blake as it relates to Dubai and the whole process he underwent? Is it still like a bucket list place? You still want to go? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so it's funny. I, like you mentioned, I've been on a couple of different shows. And one of the shows I was on was like with a bunch of international people from all over the world. And it's crazy how like Dubai to them is like Mexico for us, if that makes it like they'll, they'll just like hop, skip a plane over to Dubai because most things are paid for and it's free and everything. You know what I mean? For influencers, if you will. So it was kind of insane to see all these, talk to all these people and all, all of them were like, Dubai is amazing. You got to go to Dubai. You got to go to Dubai. But for us in America, that's not like something that we really think like, oh, let's just hop on a plane and go to Dubai. You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely want to go out there, but we'll see. Blake was tied to this trip. Blake was planning on going to this trip. And then last minute, it didn't work out. So it's a great transition to the trip. And we're going to talk all things Dubai. And we're going to talk all things Dubai because of the Curious Canadian. He wrote me when I got back and said, dude, of all the random shit you've done and things you've been a part of, other than the show, I've never had more family and friends randomly text me asking questions about this trip that you're on. We have to cover it in the show because behind everything, there is a business case and we got to hear it from you, Jason. So I have the Curious Canadian with me. I'm also live here with 50 people from Trading Secrets All Access. They may be jumping on and asking questions about Dubai because if we don't keep the money mafia at the forefront, we may lose direction of where the curiosity exists. So David, unlike most episodes, we already rang in the bell with Blake. I was thinking of kicking this Dubai section off by actually reading the email invite I got. Do you think we should take it a different direction or do you think that's where we should start? No, because my first question was, how did you get invited to this? And then I got 7 million questions from there. So let's start at the beginning. So let's start at the beginning. Okay. So if I look at email inboxes, right, I run a talent agency. So we have a lot of people's email boxes of people we manage. I don't participate in those day to day, but our team does. But personally, I have like six different email addresses. I have Jason at Rewired Talent. I have two personal. I have media at Jason Tardic. I have a, I have a bunch of email addresses. Okay. This came to an email address I guess I'm going to share it because it was a personal email address. I'm going to put it out there. It was jmtartik, J-M-T-A-R-T-I-C-K at gmail.com. This email address, David, 
I don't use for anything. I, you know, when you like, you go to like a gym and you want like a seven day free pass, they're like, put in your name and email. That's the email address. I never go in there. Right now, if I go look at my app, I have 19,973 unread <laughs> emails in that account. That shows you how little I use it. So randomly, I'm just scrolling that for some reason, I'm in, I'm scrolling that email, which I never look at. And I see the subject line, VIP invite. Atlantis, the Royal Grand Opening Weekend in Dubai with Beyonce performance, January 20th to 22nd, 2023. I'm like, what? What is this? So I open it up. Hi, Jason. I'm getting in touch as we would like to invite you, plus one, to join an array of special guests, including Beyonce, Jay-Z, <laughs> Chef Nobu, Kendall Jenner, and Swedish House Mafia to the Grand Reveal Weekend of the world's most ultra-luxury resort, Atlantis, the Royal in Dubai. The very special and exclusive weekend taking place before the resort opens to guests will include a curated itinerary of events and experiences, including a Saturday night spectacular featuring front row seats to 60 Minutes with Beyonce, her first live show since 2018. And this will be followed by fireworks and after-party headlined by DJ supergroup Swedish, Swedish House Mafia. So then it goes on to talk about like additional experiences. There will be a brunch hosted with Whispering Angel and world-class dining experiences from the kitchens of celebrity chefs, including Jose Andres and Nobu Matsuisha. Like these, the actual Jose Andres was there, met him, Nobu. The, the guy was there like, and then they talk about a little bit about the hotel and they give a full itinerary. I mean, I'm going to show it to you, but a full day by day itinerary. It seems like it can't be real. You're just like, you're, you're seeing these names, you know, and this is year six of all this stuff I've done. Right. So 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. And this is the craziest email I've ever seen with all the details, like Emirates flights, da, 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 da. You can't believe it. So I get it. And I'm like, this can't be real. Well, Evan jumps on the call and Evan's like, this is very real. This is so real that they're paying Beyonce $24 million and that this is like an absolute luxury event that will be an international splash. Like you will be in the center of just something like you've never experienced before. So then he jumps on the call with them. So that's how, that's how it comes in about. And it came from a very, 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 very reputable PR company in New York city. I, I just have so many questions. I don't know where to start with it. I think how far in advance did you get this email? This was within, okay, I think that's a great question. So it was like three weeks, you know, three, four weeks from going, get the email. You don't know if it's a real thing until like two weeks before. And then the other interesting thing is there are so many moving parts, especially with the, just the event and the time change that my flights did not get booked until about two days before. So up okay, until this so, point, we don't even know if it's going to happen. And when I was talking to other people that I heard have been like, you know, asked to go or invited to go, they were having similar situations. Like, yeah, like, is this real? Like, is this happening? Like big question marks. So three weeks before with the names, Beyonce, Jay-Z, Swedish House Mafia, Nobu, when do you think they got locked in and how much do you think they spent just on the headlining names that were included in that email? Well, with Beyonce doing her first performance since 2018 she doesn't do any there's no gray area it is all in or all out and based on the performance i saw they my brother and i projected a minimum of five million dollars minimum was spent on the production value of this concert so for her to do this i mean she had just on stage she had a full out orchestra and it was all female based orchestra like i mean hundreds of people on stage so this had to be at least a minimum of a year of planning. There's no way based on that performance, they hadn't been planning this for at least a year. Okay. How much do you think someone like Kendall Jenner gets? Cause you had the, I saw the video that you had of her. She was for the opening of Nobu, right? She was there for the opening of Nobu. And then she also had her 818 big reveal party. So her tequila, tequila is now okay. served all in Dubai and at this hotel. So she was there. So I'm sure it was a multi-million dollar deal. Mm -hmm. Plus it was a lot of promotion for 818 that is now being served at that Dubai hotel. I want to touch on the Kendall Jenner thing because I just can't get over it. Like the, the swarms of people, like when she was going somewhere and she was, you know, arm's length at times, the swarms of people that follow her 
it's it's hard to comprehend. Like when she walks by, David, everyone is going to her. I'm talking like 100 plus people following her, like a scene out of Entourage. And you start to think you're like, what? What is it? Like, she, she, of course, you know, beautiful. But like what? It's It's like, I don't know. My brother said he's like, listen, every country needs or every community needs the royal family. They're the royal family. They're the royal family of America. And I, I just don't, I mean, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. I'd be in that swarm too, but I, I probably, I hate the fact that you have, can say that because it's disgustingly probably true in a way that they're kind of like glorified. But interesting take about that because I was shocked when you sent the videos and and she was there and was like, how, again, my curiosity was like, what is this? And then you guys see the whole tart thing and the Alex Earls of the world and they're all there and like, Everyone's social media is just like, am I in Dubai right now? Am I, what's happening? That's one thing I think about. I think, cause so this whole trip was for Atlantis, Royale, Dubai. This whole, mm -hmm. anything you saw related to the Beyonce show, it was a marketing strategy to make a yes. massive statement for Atlantis, Royale, Dubai, the hotel, this grand luxury hotel opening. I looked up how much it costs to stay there a night and it ranges in like on an off season night, it's like in the five to 10 K a night range. No. Yes. It's crazy. Oh. My next question overall on the whole scope of, you know, going off the, the, the email that you got in the itinerary, how much was comped? What do you have a retail value of your experience and what was comped? Did you pay anything out of pocket? Give me, give me the feels on that. Yeah. So I think my brother and I tried to do the retail uh, pricing. Like if we wanted to pay for this trip, start to finish, yeah. what would it cost? We estimated it would be about a hundred to one hundred fifty k retail value. We paid nothing, so no one there paid anything to be there. Everything was paid for. Your flight. So people are like, I can't believe like you talk about personal finance and this and that. Why would you pay, you spend that kind on a, on a flight? You didn't pay for the flight. You didn't pay for the transportation the flight. You didn't pay for in-room dining. Didn't pay for the restaurants. Didn't pay for the drinks, which I didn't have. Didn't pay for anything, Shocking. everything. So how it works, the breakdown of this is if you think about what some of these people's cost, and we were on like the very, very low end of the echelon of people there, right? Like Z list here. A-list, we're there, and people in between. But if you think about the average price these people are paying or being paid by companies to post, it's significant. It's material. And there wasn't, from my understanding, at least I could speak for me, but what I heard is not many people were actually paid a fee to go. It was a trade of, we will give you this. In return, you have to do this. For me, it was supposed to be two posts and 10 story slides. Two posts and 10 story slides. If I'm working with a brand retail value, I don't know. I'm going to want in the 30... I don't know. I'm just like like 80, 100 K ideally. Yeah. Sometimes would be less. Sometimes would be more, right? That's not always perfect. But yeah. And as a result, they just do trade. Now for me, I negotiated down to one post, 10 story slides. But because I was having the best time in my life, I was posting left and right. I probably did, I don't know, three TikToks, three in, in feeds, 20 slides, right? So I went so above and beyond because it was such an organic feel and I had so much fun doing it. Big TikTok guy. So... How did your brother, did you get a plus one? Was it supposed to be KB? Was it just like, they're going to open this email and throw this ridiculous offer to you all comped? Oh, and then you get to bring any human being of your choice? Yeah, so it was a plus one. I always ask when I do any type of deal, I always ask, are there other reality people or bachelor people that are doing the deal or part mm -hmm. of this? At the time, there none had accepted. I didn't know that until the day before, I didn't know those other batch of people were going to be there. It ended up being uh, Cassie Randolph, and she got a plus one. Matt James, mm -hmm. and he got a plus one. He brought Rachel. And then Tasha, and she got a plus one. She brought her mother. So it was, I got, it said, would love to invite you, plus one. So of course, I would have gone with KB if KB wanted to come, but KB is at her retreat. So when I saw Beyonce and I showed this to my brother, he's like, no way. There's just like, he's the biggest Beyonce fan. He's like the guy that's in like Reddit blogs about Beyonce. He knows everything. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I know about Dubai. The fans are pushing back. They can't believe this is the first concert. She is getting absolutely ridiculed for this, but there's no way this is like an invite to that. I'm like, yes, it is. So it was a no brainer to bring him and we've never traveled together ever. So that was, that was the thought process.
where was I on the depth chart of the invite list? <laughs> I would say on the depth chart, there are things to bring David to. This is not one strictly because like, I know some people like my brother who will almost pass out watching Beyonce. David's Fair. not one of them. I would say like who Fair. else was up there pretty high. I also know Lowe is a met like that is mm. her queen. That is my brother's queen. Lowe was up there. So it, it's all about the experience. I think you would have obviously had the time of your life, but there are things that I know you would, you would like a little bit more. Baby steps. So when the Bills finally win a playoff game, we can go to the Super Bowl together. I love it. Okay, I'm going to read off. We have some Trading Secrets All Access yeah. members here. The Money Mafia, they have some questions. So I'm going to read off just a few of these. I saw other Batch Nation, other shows and influencers attend. Do you know what criteria they use to choose the influencers that they're invited to buy? I have no idea. I've tried to back into this. You know, the fact that, and, and, and this came from Lisa Rise. I hope I spelled that right. Or said that right. Lisa Rise. If I didn't, Lisa, phonetics helped me out. So, you know, obviously Blake was invited and they rescinded the offer. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was connection to the event, if they had an aesthetic. I know Ali Shapiro got invited. Ali Shapiro has been on the podcast. She is Jill Zarin from Real Housewife's Daughter. She told me she thought she was invited because someone from the PR firm was actually uh, a fan of hers when she was on the show. So I have no idea. It's a great question. Julie Quinn asked, follow up to Tart TikTok influencer. Do you think Ritz Carlton caught wind and wanted to take some PR? I think they tried to keep this a little bit down low. And I think ideally in a perfect scenario, those do not happen at the same time. If you're tart, you don't want this happening because Beyonce overshadows anyone and everything. And if you're tart, you spent a lot of money. So tart versus Atlantis, Atlantis wins. Tart and Atlantis, I don't think they want those two events happening at the same time. You know who does want that happening at the same time? Tourism Dubai. of Dubai. I'll do one more read off and then we'll get to some of these. I saw disclaimers that phones weren't allowed, but there were so many videos. What were the exceptions? What was security like there? This is a great question. So before Beyonce performed actually, and I was on the resort, I took a video of this stage. Okay. This is during the day. No one's there. It's just the stage. Took a video of the stage and I had a security guard run after me and say, you have to delete that. I was like, oh my God, I had no idea. Like at this point, we weren't told about this thing. So I deleted it. And he, and he made me go into my recently deleted folder and then watch me delete it. So they were leading up to the event. They were extremely particular. At the event, they gave us these zip cases. You had to zip your phone in the case and they asked that you didn't take them out. And they had security all over. But every everyone was taking them out. Like literally everyone was taking them out and no security was coming. So I think people, it became this like, well, if they could do it, I could do it. And then everyone started taking them out. We were told though, the technical rule was you can't have your phone out. You can't take videos until the last performance. The last performance was when the fireworks went nuts. That's when technically you could take your phone out. Okay. Those were some questions from Money Mafia. We will continue to get to more of the questions from Money Mafia. David, with the whole trip, what else you thinking? What else you got? I just need some very basic. We can do this rapid fire. You don't have to go into detail. I just need to like hit on some of these things. What we're accustomed to, and it kind of goes with what Jess just said, with what we're accustomed to in the United States compared to Dubai, I need to ask you just like some quick hitters. You ready? Okay. Alcohol. Just like, is it easily accessible? Is it not? Is it expensive? Like I've read that you can't drink in Dubai. Tell me about okay, it. Okay, so there's a lot of peculiar things that are illegal in Dubai. THC is illegal. CBD is illegal. Going on any website that has porn is illegal. I was told to even be careful. If you have anything negative to say about Dubai, just be careful what you put on social media. They're, they're checking things out. And alcohol in general in the city is not very prevalent. They're actually like, it's, it's apparently not very prevalent at all. And even at like most restaurants, there wasn't a ton of alcohol consumption. The only time I saw a lot of alcohol consumption was the Beyonce show. And that's it. What about nicotine, like cigarettes? Didn't see any, I didn't see any cigarettes. I didn't see any cigars. I did see vape pens. What about uh, Uber rent, like mass transportation? Was it easy to get around? Like what's the deal? So that's there? a crazy thing about Emirates. I didn't know if you book business class or first class, which obviously they did, we didn't, they provide transportation to the airport and back from the airport. So that was interesting, okay. but they have Uber and they also have an app called Kareem. 
Kareem and Uber are their two ways of getting around. And you asked about like money that came out of pocket. We went to the Burj Khalifa. It's the tallest building in the world, 154 floors. We did a, VI, a technical VIP tour. All that means is you got to like cut a line and go to a different observation deck. And to put in perspective, my brother bought it. It was like 350 bucks. So it wasn't like cheap. Like you know, it wasn't cheap. So every, everything in Dubai is extremely expensive. And so that was the, like, if I think about that, in, in tipping and Ubers, that was the only thing that came out of pocket. So you do tip. You do you two tip. I looked it up. They said ten to fifteen percent okay. is the norm in Dubai. What's the currency there? The currency is AD. It's about one third of ours. So everything is priced three times. So thirty three bucks US would be a hundred AD. Okay, so like a cost of regular goods we're accustomed to, like a bottle of water. How much does a bottle of water cost? Oh man, at this resort, a bottle of water. I'm gonna guess fifteen to twenty bucks. Everything's <laughs> at a crazy premium. It's cra- like everything is expensive in Dubai and everything is like wild luxury. It's like if you take Miami, Vegas, New York City, the cleanliness of Toronto and LA and put them in one city on the Arabian Sea, like that's where it is. And here's the other thing. This is crazy. It's all man-made. It was all a desert before, right? This yes. was a tourism play to get people to start traveling to the Middle East. So everything is made for like your eye to be like, what? So they have a they have two palm trees. They're man-made islands that look from the top. They look like a palm tree and it's all man-made. So if you're overlooking the whole island, it's a big palm tree. It's crazy. A couple other questions I know that I wanted to make sure we talked about is like people were asking how much, what's the value of the, the, the flight to Emirates? So I did look it up and the value from, and so did Cassie actually. Cassie said when she looked it up, it was $10,500 one way from LA. When I looked it up from New York City, it was $8,000. So that'd be $16,000 for one flight to New York City, to Dubai, Emirates, business class, and from LA, twenty. 1,000. So it was just crazy. You're just like looking around. I'm like, I wish I could interview every person here in business class. Like, what is your story? How did you make it? And then on the way home, I, I told you, I showed the story on TikTok, but Fat Joe was like dancing down the aisle. And then right, literally right behind me, he's like, I'm going to see you at the back of the bar. And, and, and he's like, I'll be there. I'll be there. And I look behind me and it's Ja Rule literally right behind me. I'm like, this is, you can't make this shit up. Just like as crazy as this week gets, you just can't make it up. Was there any part of it where if you've flown to like a resort in Mexico or a resort at a, a Caribbean island where you get off the out of the airport and you're driving through what looks like to be a third world country for a majority of the trip before you get to your resort? When you landed in Dubai, were you like in Dubai? Like everything from the second you landed to the every the whole trip was like pristine or were there areas where, whether it be suburban areas or like where, you know, on the outskirts where you saw a little like less luxury or was it all just, Ridiculous. Good question. Like the airport, ridiculous. The the actual drive into the city, ridiculous. You're looking at the architecture, like how is everything yeah. perfect? Now, remember, this this is only a 50-year-old country. It's very new right. and everything's new. But there is an area called Old Dubai and it's preserved from like what Dubai was before. And there they have like a lot of markets and stuff. There is a material difference, like not even mm-hmm. comparable old Dubai versus new Dubai. And I'd recommend anyone that goes, goes and check out old Dubai. So great question, David. How far are you from like the desert, like camels, like just going out there and seeing like sand forever? So we wanted to go to Abu Dhabi and that's where like the big mosque is. That would have been an hour and a half trip. So it would have been an hour and a half trip. My understanding is like waiting in lines a couple hours and then hour and a half back. And I think they do have some like different types of things you could do in the desert, like all different, you know, they have like riding camels, they have like four wheeling expeditions, like all these things. My understanding is like a half hour ish outside. I do want to get into like just the ROI of this, right? So like people are probably trying to grasp, like, how does this work? So 1400 people, only 1400 people. And she's putting on this concert and I'm literally looking parallel and Jay-Z's right there with Blue Ivy and the kids like bopping to to Beyonce. And you're just like, where am I? Like Rebel Wilson is like, you know, three seats over. And for anyone that knows like Milos uh, restaurant in New York City, extremely well known, like me, the owner of Milos is like right there. And like these people are just like, what the hell? This is just crazy. It's tough to comprehend. No one there paid to be there. It was all, every single aspect of this from the red carpet to the media interviews, to the exchange of trade of being there, to promoting it was 
all based on making a massive, massive marketing play. And if my brother comes on later in the episode, stay tuned, we're looking to have him on. He's a marketing executive. He'll talk about it. He said that over easily over a billion impressions were made from this marketing play. And he thought the creativity behind the marketing play was genius. He said, never in my life for one hour of the entire living planet have I been at the center, the epicenter of the most relevant, the most pertinent pop culture event in arts in the world? That one hour was the most relevant, the most important, the most eye-viewed event that was being talked about and happening in the entire planet. And when that is happening, whatever the marketing scheme behind it, it's effective. And so it's just a crazy thing. And people are like, well, how do they get their return? Guys, just think about this. We talk about this a lot. We all think like business to consumer and how do you get a return? Think about what people pay for a, a Super Bowl commercial, right? 30 seconds this year, six and a half million dollars. All of marketing forever is just about eyeballs, impressions, making some type of, of cognizant reaction. Doritos sells bags for $2, okay? How is Doritos in every Super Bowl at? They're making impressions. Do you think that day in 24 hours, they're going to sell, you know, 3.25 million bags for every 30 seconds that they have of Super Bowl ads? No, it's part of the greater marketing plan. There's analytics to drive sustainability and impact and people buying and brand recognition. And this is what companies pay tons and tons of money to do. It's just changing now that instead of like business to business, instead of Doritos going to the network of, you know, whoever's running the Super Bowl, NBC, it's now like Doritos are going to these individuals, because these individuals now have spaces and communities that have greater impact than magazines, than newspapers, than, you know, billboards. So that's the massive change we're seeing here. I, th I think it's important to know too, like we as consumers just like thinking, oh, like how could they be doing this? Like we look up the flights, we look up the rooms, we hear the rooms are five to 10K a night. The, the marketing plans that go into this, they're not just throwing shit against the wall, hoping it sticks. Like they have this thing down to a science. I even saw that Tarte Cosmetics did the same campaign in Dubai in 2018 or 19. So they obviously understand and know the success of it and just find the right time to capitalize on it. But I think like the dollars and cents of it all is just, it's jaw dropping. I mean, it really is. That's how crazy marketing power is, is that all the money they're spending the, I can guarantee you every one of their goals was accomplished. Every one of their goals was accomplished. As someone who's been through it, would you do it again if you had to pay for it? So if you're a consumer now, you're on our side, you see this, oh my God, I gotta go. It's the Royal Atlantis, Dubai. It looks like a piece of Lego stacked on top of each other with some gaps in between. I've seen the videos. I know Beyonce won't be playing if I go there, but Dubai is Dubai. I gotta stay there. Would you go? So we made it, my brother and I talked about this in deep detail. And the thing is, is like, that's not even a question for me to ask because I'm not their target market. They are targeting the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1% across the world. Is there anything that you would, from your experience there, that you wish that you wish you could bring back to the United States, whether it be a piece of food, whether it be culturally, whether it be a set of standards, whether it be the architect or the cleanliness <laughs> yes. or something. Here's what I, I would bring just, back. When you go by everyone, like their sign of respect, you know what we do? Like maybe we'll do a head nod or it'll be like peace or it'll be like, what's up? Their sign of like kind of respect is like this. So when you walk yeah, by, it's so like classy. this. I was like, I love that. Like you walk by, be like, you see someone be like, and then just keep walking. It was amazing. So every time you'd walk by someone of service or whatever, it would be right hand, two over your heart, palm over your heart, and like a little, like a little head bow, bow down. I loved it. I'm like, I, we need to bring that back to the States. That was one of my favorites. Was it summer there? What was the weather like? That's a dumb question. So it was, it was it beautiful. Question? It was like 70 degrees. In the, in the, in the summer, it okay. gets a little hotter. Right? You're out in the desert, right? So... It was it, like even the Miami vibe, but looking outside in the Arabian Sea and like all these like yachts and stuff. It's like, where am I? It was just mind blowing, mind blowing. David, any more questions before we kind of go to the Money Mafia and see what people have? Let's kick it to the Money Mafia. I like this one from Jess. What's one thing that you didn't get to do while you were there and you would love to experience if you ever went back? Gone to the mosque. 
Definitely. I think Abu Dhabi would have been fun. This one is from Amanda Fitzgerald in Chicago. How much do you think the PR company spent in total to fly and accommodate everyone for Dubai? So the question actually wouldn't be how much the PR company spent. The question would be how much did the Hotel Dubai Tourism spend? Hotel Dubai Tourism will hire a marketing firm. One marketing firm, and they're out of London, ran point on everything. That marketing firm then connects with this PR firm and they give them a task. That PR firm is paid a fee and retainer services to organize and execute all this. The PR firm is who reached out to us. From Karen, what what other hotels are similar there? Are they all that expensive? And are other hotels going up like the Atlantis? Uh, That's a good question. Like, can we visit, could I, could I, Ever visit? Oh, there's a, yeah, there's a million it? different hotel options. There's a Radisson Hotel I saw. There's a Sheridan. There's there's a Marriott. There's a really nice Conrad. I mean, I would say, you know, this is the newest, the biggest, the best hotel in Dubai. I mean, I think that, I mean, it, it wasn't five-star. It was six-star. I'm looking here. Uh, Rachel, do you want to come on? I see Rachel Z, you have a question. Hey, I'm Rachel. And I was wondering, since Queen, Beyonce, and Jay-Z were at the Dubai event, if you could have them on the podcast, what would be the first question you'd ask them? Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, I'd want to know a little bit about the affair and how they overcame it. But if I went into professional territory, my question would be, what dollar amount did they first come to you with? How did you negotiate it? And what dollar amount in your head was a number that no matter how bad the pushback was from your audience you're so loyal to, you were going to take. Because she received a lot of negative, you know, she just released an album six months ago that went off the charts. She hasn't done an interview. She hasn't done an appearance. She hasn't done anything. This is the first time since releasing an absolutely epic album that was number one in everything that you're showing your face. So that was like the big question mark. I think the answer, if they were speaking honestly, would be there's probably not a human in the entire planet regardless of what your wealth is, that for one hour of work would turn down $24 million. Like if you think about that, if her net worth is around like 500 million or 750 million, right? I know Jay-Z's a billionaire. I don't believe she is. If it's around that $24 million of one hour of work, that's, say it's 500 million or net worth, that's 5% of your net worth you're earning in one hour. So I'd want to know kind of the analytics behind the number. It's a great question, Rachel. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, that's good. Good question to ask them. <laughs> this was great. Love having everybody here, everybody getting involved, asking their questions. Money Mafia, love it. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell with not the Curious Canadian. We have a huge change of pace here. We have my brother, Stephen Tardik, in the house for the first ever recap not done by the Curious Canadian because Stephen was there with me, as you guys saw on Instagram, on the Dubai trip, and that's what this whole episode is about. So Stephen Tardik, welcome to the recap of Trading Secrets. Hey, it is a pleasure to be here. I hope to fill the Curious Canadian's uh, shoes as best I can. I'm sure you'll nail it. How are you? Are you fully over jet lag at this point? How are we feeling being back in the zone from Dubai? Oh, feeling great. And to to have the glow of Beyonce emanating from me this week has really canceled out all of the normal travel grogginess. In my 34 years of living, I think when I would look back at you watching you watch Beyonce, that. Other than your wedding day, that was the happiest I've ever seen you. Is that a fair statement? Or like when you're going to live shows, is that usually like your state of euphoria and bliss? Oh, no, that was that was top five lifetime <laughs> jaw on the floor, pure euphoria. Absolutely. Okay. And if you had to summarize, if someone can't resonate with that, maybe they're not a Beyonce fan, or maybe they just haven't experienced it at a show. How would you explain like, why is it? What was it that drove you into that top five moment being there? What was it? It's not often in your life. I don't watch sports, but maybe this is something sports fans can resonate with. To be in the presence of the person who is the best at doing the thing that they do in the entire world, like watching Serena Williams or insert football player who plays football well, like to watch <laughs> to watch the person who is the single greatest at the thing that they do in the entire world do that thing at their like at the top of their game 
leaves you with no, nothing but awe and admiration and just pure, you know, pure ecstasy in the possibility of, of humankind. For someone, That's how I felt watching Beyonce. <laughs> I love that. It is such a great answer. For someone that's listening to this that has not seen Beyonce or that might challenge you to say, wait a second, you're trying to tell me Beyonce is the best live performer living today. I don't believe it. What would your response be? Be When Beyonce shows up, she shows up on every single quadrant to attend. So when you see a performer, there is their actual performance, how they sound, there is their stage charisma, there is the physical production that they built, there's the lighting, there's the choreography, there's the band, there's the set list, there's the banter, like every little piece of that. Beyonce cranks all of those to a 10, perfectly synchronizes them, and presents them without a single flaw. So the reason my jaw was on the floor was that for 75 minutes, you saw a perfectly constructed piece of art. That's the only way to describe it. Down to the mural on the background, the mural that was that she performed in front of was like hand-painted homage to the culture of the Middle East that the whole set represented. And it's and not all of that effort, you know, the the fifty piece orchestra, the dancers brought in from Lebanon to perform behind her, the custom mural, the really strange set list for her work, like all of that was done for a single performance for fifteen hundred people, and then it's gone, never to happen again. So, like that level of effort and dedication and artistry is it's truly a sight to behold. There you go. Extremely well said. I think that summarizes your state of euphoria perfectly and just the perfection of that show. It was fun to watch her. It was a moment I'll never forget. And it was even more fun to watch you, a moment I too will never forget. I want to get into Dubai a little bit. We just had a full episode of it and have had a lot of questions come in. And I think you would be the best person to answer this. But of course, when traveling to Dubai, there's some... Controversy. We know that Beyonce dealt with some controversy, even taking this opportunity. And you being a gay married man and extremely active in gay rights, what is just your overall on take on traveling to a place like Dubai when they have, I guess, how I would summarize it is cultural rights that is certainly holding humanity back? The laws of Dubai are horrible. <laughs> They're like, they are a uh you know, humanitarian travesty, what they actually put on the books. I mean, it's illegal to be gay there. And as a, you know, as a guest, there's two realities. There's what the law is and like, you know, what, what, what risk one is actually at. And then there's the on the ground, like, how does it feel to be there? And, you know, the, the laws are abhorrent. And I, I totally respect anyone who would say, I'm never traveling to a place like that, so long as that's their policy. That is a perfectly respectable position. It's not the position I take. And I, in truth, you know, there are states in our country that have abhorrent laws. And generally speaking, I, I try not to send my business and money there. But it's it's a true consideration that you know gay people, trans folks, women have to consider more and more and more as they like plot their path. I'll say that on the ground, you enter Dubai and you are you know whisked away to your ultra luxury resort, and you don't really. I didn't think twice about being gay there. It, but you know, it, when you're in those bubbles of the tourism pockets, they are very happy to have you as you are, and they want your money. And they're, you know, we saw women in bikinis. You know, there, <laughs> there was drinking. Like there, it, it did not seem, it did not feel restrictive in the very privileged bubble of the luxury tourism that we were participating in. Is there something, I think those are, that's all extremely well said. Is there something to be said about the way that the progress in the Western world and Western hemisphere just drives the entirety of the world 
slowly does have impact on areas like the Middle East when people like yourself say, I'm going to go, I'm going to show who I am. I, I don't care that it's illegal there because I still feel comfortable in who I am. And some of that progress eventually then bleeds for change that we're already seeing via protests in the Middle East, especially after World Cup and things like that. I mean, do you think that that's a fair stance that showing up to these places is almost part of that progress the Western Hemisphere has had on these places and what's happening or no? Well, well I think certainly like a country like Dubai wanting our money, <laughs> has forced them uh, to be more accommodating than they may want to be. And I suppose you can call that a drop of progress. You know, the, the power of the green will move things forward. I mean, I'll say like, we, just to say it again, you and I were on a very like privileged trip there. Mm -hmm. And th there were forces looking out to make sure that our experience was great. And I'm sure that there are people who may travel to Dubai that aren't as protected as we were and, and, and might find themselves in like very dire threats. So I don't want to downplay the severity of this at all. But hopefully, you know, like, the fact that even Beyonce, you know, she performed like a very feminist set in a country that can be very anti-feminist. And I think it's easy to kind of criticize her for going to Dubai and taking a paycheck. Like, sure, like point all the fingers you want. But also, like, there she was performing this really empowering set in front of, like, the royal family. And for that country to see that this is like a beacon for them and it's drawing such attention to their country, I think that that's arguably a good sign for progress. That's how art can change the world. Perfectly, perfectly said. All right. You're a marketing executive. I want to transition to some of the dollars and cents just on this overall marketing splash. When you saw all the moving parts of this from A to Z, I know that you were blown away with not only the performance, just how everything was orchestrated. As someone who works on campaigns on a day-to-day -day basis, and for anyone that's out there that doesn't know, my brother is in a marketing executive role for a Broadway agency that focuses solely on Broadway shows and day-to-day -day working to make a splash within these shows, premiere reviews, et cetera. What, from your fine eye in marketing, what was your overall synopsis of the performance of what they pulled off? For, for a moment in time, this brand new ultra luxury resort in the middle of the desert <laughs> was the focal point of the world. And that is not an easy thing to pull off, and that does not happen often. If you really think about it, the World Cup, the Olympics, the Super Bowl, maybe like a... like, like How often does the entire focus of the, the world's culture look at one place? And they made that out of nothing. They didn't have a 200-year-old institution backing that up, or they didn't... Of you know the the all of the focus of every single fan of a sport in one place. So it's an amazing accomplishment, and I think the most interesting part of it, they could have taken that same amount of money and had you know Tom Cruise show up and Leonardo DiCaprio, and they could have had a sea of you know, Amy Schumer. They could have had a sea of big celebrities across film and TV and sports and acting, but they, they didn't do that. There was like a notable absence of just run-of-the-mill celebrities. And I thought the most interesting part was their focus on people like you, like influencers, people who have active and engaged communities and who were talking about and sharing about their experience there like day in and day out. And obviously some of that was obligation, but a lot of that was people just like having an amazing time and wanting to share it with their friends and fans. And I think that that shift of strategy, there's no way five years ago that, that the invite list would have been people who are active on social. It would have been people who are in movies. And so I think that that's a huge marketing shift. And it's a real, because I think it ultimately got a lot more eyeballs onto Atlantis the Royal.
Okay, one thing I know you're not the biggest numbers guy. Steven growing up was always the massive creative, but uh, when you look at the numbers now, especially in a marketing executive role, that's that's usually an admission. How, when someone says like the money they spent, how do they justify an ROI? Will they see an ROI? What's your take on that? Everyone wants numbers to tell them uh, everything, and you know, thankfully. I say this personally, not professionally. Thankfully, privacy technology on our phones and on our computers has gotten better, which means all these companies cannot track every last thing we do and see how much money they're making off of us directly, which I think is a great thing. Though as a marketer, it's not great, but it's good. It's good for the world. So uh, if, I was in a, if I was pitching this concept and a client said, what's, what's going to be my ROI? Like I would say that that's not a metric that I can actually offer you because it's impossible to measure. What I could do is take a look at how many impressions all of this content is generating. And you, if you were to go and look on your back end, you could probably see how many folks saw your Instagram posts about this trip. I, I put a report together because I was so happy with how Quinn... Quinn PR handled this with me. I like want to continue to work with them. I put a full report together. We did well, just, just off my stuff, we did well over a million impressions. That's amazing. I mean, think about that. Like a million times Atlantis the Royal was seen in your community of like connected, culturally invested, you know, millennials, Gen Z fans, like they're going to they're going to see your stuff they're going to be talking to their friends about the show that happened they're going to wish that they were there they're going to see all that great food we ate and those beautiful pools we sat by i, I mean you could go spend you could go spend $100,000 on a tv buy or a digital buy and get that same number of impressions but you're going people are going to be seeing ads where instead they actually got to like follow you along a person they respect and like on their journey and that is like great. So I think that it, the the value is so much greater when real people are sharing real experiences. And that is that is what's so smart about this. Now, the scale and cost of everything we saw, you know, ten million dollars in fireworks, it's crazy. Like that, <laughs> it's so it's on a level so beyond anything. You would normally experience so the, the, and that's also just dubai in general everything is like bigger <laughs> and bigger and it's supersized in a way that defies logic but overall i, I think you know they re, I, they must have a billion impressions off of this thing and that's just you can't buy that there's the ROI perspective from a marketing executive. Steven, I have less than six minutes with you. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions and we're going to time them. We're going to say answers in less than 90 seconds because I got to get these questions out. You had already alluded a little bit to the way that social media has changed. You've already alluded to the fact five years ago, this wouldn't have been a strategy. One of the big changes we've seen in social media is TikTok. Overall, not even just with Dubai, what is your take on TikTok? And do you think TikTok will be here for the long run? It is the most personalized and addicting form of moving images I've ever encountered. If I'm going to have 10 minutes to spend and I can spend it on TikTok, I will be happier than I was at the end of it. I love the creativity it provides. And it is very clearly a tool of the Chinese government, the access that they have to information about US citizens is terrifying. And that has to change. And whether that's a full on ban of the app, or, you know, forced regulation involving a divestment from China, which they say they won't put up with, uh, something's got to change. And I would not be surprised or even upset if there is just a full on ban of the app in this country. Okay, there you go. That's your take on TikTok. Okay, this is a question from one of our listeners. There's a lot of marketing trends going on. A lot of individuals are trying to grow their brand. A lot of small businesses are trying to grow their brand. Just everything you know about marketing. If you had one umbrella tip, like a generalized tip when it comes to marketing yourself or small business, what would it be? Be 
honest and be interesting. And always remember that what you need to tell the world is not what the world necessarily wants to hear. And so you have to meet that in an honest way. So if you are selling toothpaste, like I have no interest in learning more about toothpaste. So you better, your product better have something really interesting going for it for me to want to pay attention to toothpaste. Or you better entertain me so much or surprise me so much that I'm willing to like interrupt my day to pay attention to your toothpaste. And the way to do that is to be honest and to be entertaining. Okay. That's a good one. Did you have any idea about this whole tart influencer trip that was going on? Did you hear anything about that or no? And did you have a take? I heard... I heard some rumblings about it, but I, I don't know the the details of it. That's a is that a beauty brand or? Yep, big beauty brand. They were also in Dubai, and there's a lot of question marks of was some of these dollars supported by Dubai and just not the hotel in general, and didn't know if you had a take on that. Probably because it seems like much of the things in Dubai are you know the tourism board governments and the local resorts. I, I, I have no knowledge of that, but it would not surprise me that they're all linked together. I mean, we supported Dubai by going on this trip and promoting their latest ultra luxury resort. It, I, I think it's safe to assume from the outside, it's all linked and acknowledging that is useful. And then people can do with it what they will. Two rapid fire questions. I have three minutes left with you. The second last question will be, you manage people, you work for a marketing uh, firm. Obviously, all different industries move at all different speeds. If someone is coming to Stephen Tardick asking for a raise during this period of time, which is you know annual review time, January, February, March, what is one thing that they could do that would incentivize you to consider the raise at a greater uh, rate than maybe you would someone else? Be really direct. And uh, the the mistake I encounter occasionally are people being wishy-washy about what they want and how and when they want it. So... I think it always benefits people to be clear and direct and to uh, not, I, frankly, I, do, I don't think there's necessarily a need to like over explain the case. If a high, if a high functioning employee needs something, they should ask for it. I like it. Be direct. All right. This came in from Oni Mod. And I have to ask it, since I have you, not connected to Dubai or marketing or ROIs or dollars and cents on trading secrets. This is just a personal trading secret. What was Jason like as a kid? How would you summarize that? Loaded question. No, you, you, were, uh, you were charming and friendly and very loud and always on the move. But you, you were a nice guy then and you are a nice guy now. And you are just as afraid of silence <laughs> now as you were then. So no, nobody can fill, can fill a quiet room quite like you. There we go. You wanted honesty. You got honesty. All things. Steven Tardick, you have one minute to go catch your meeting. Thank you. Well, I have a question for you. You're not the world's biggest Beyonce fan. But after this concert, like, yay or nay? I did not understand the Beyonce hype the way that like you were so in there, like knowing everything about it. I thought her songs were great. I, if you said, would you go buy a Beyonce ticket to see her at a live performance before this? The answer would be no. I just wouldn't. Going into this, I was like getting more excited because I saw the excitement of others. After witnessing that performance, I will forever be a Beyonce fan. And at any moment, I can go to any form of a live show of hers. I will be there if I can, because it was, it was bone chilling. It was, it had goosebumps. It was lively. There were moments people were dancing and there were moments people like yourself and almost everyone there, regardless of where you're from, what country you come from, was, was just stunned. 
And that was, I've never seen that at a concert where I would look around and at moments people weren't dancing because they were just so fascinated with the piece of art that they were seeing. So I am all in on Beyonce. And if you ask or go look at my Spotify, all workouts this week, all it is is Beyonce. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission, what do they call the Beyonce fans? Like they're the Swifties, the what, what's the word of Beyonce fans? You're part of the Beehive. The Beehive? You're the Beehive. I am part of the Beehive. I love oh, that's why people kept sending bees and stuff. That makes sense. Well, thank you for this recap, Steven. Brilliant, amazing insight. And thank you for being on Training Secrets. Great talking to you. And thank you for having me here. And thank you for having me on that trip. It was once in a lifetime. All right. See you later. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.